This is the Author Blur Podcast, where readers and authors connect. We are here for you to learn and discover those authors who are not either large names or as popular as some might find, but they're entertaining, they're fun, and they're enjoyable to listen to in these interviews. So take the time, learn more about them, enjoy the interviews, and remember to go to authorblurb.com where you can find out more about them, about the shows, and other guests that we have. So this is Author Blurb, and I'm here with Gen- Jennifer Bosma. And uh, yeah. Bosma, I'm sorry, we went through this a few times before we even started <laughs> recording, and you know, I do apologize, but you have two children's book, you have a couple blogs going, you're very proactive in your writing, it sounds like, and as you just told me, a retired teacher you with these two books, Jennifer, I appreciate you being here. I'm looking forward to learning more about your books with me having kids myself. Children's books topics tend to interest me. So if you would, please tell everyone a bit about yourself so we can get to know you. And also, let's talk about your books. Let's start learning a bit about them. Great. Thank you. First of all, Eric, thank you so much for having me today. This is a lot of fun. I love talking about kids' books because that is definitely my passion. Um, I was a teacher for 23 years, pretty much taught third and fourth grade mostly. And um, then, you know, right, I went through COVID. That didn't scare me. You know, we went through and we did the virtual. And then really God just kind of put it on my heart that it was time to just really focus on my books on my blog for women and my ministry. So I, when I left teaching, I absolutely loved it, but I knew God had a different place for me. So I was really excited about venturing into the writing world. Um, my first book is called The Baby Garden, and this is fun. I wrote this 26 years ago when I first started writing it. And it was basically about where babies come from. It was a story that I told my then two-year-old, who's now 30, um, about where her baby sister was coming from. And it was a story I just always kind of thought about where babies come from based on Jeremiah 1.5, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. It's a really Mm -hmm. cute story about babies are in heaven and they get sent to their mommies, mommies and daddies. And it's pretty much written for a sibling, like that's waiting for a baby number two coming. So it kind of explains where babies come from for an older child. So that was my first book. And um, the fun part about that book is now it is in um, my neighbor at the time was a volunteer at a local pregnancy center. And so when she saw the book, she goes, Jennifer, this would be great for moms to read in the waiting room. And um, so that has launched my ministry in the baby garden is in over 300 pregnancy centers. And it's just a tool that, you know, the, the consultants can give a mom who may be, you know, thinking about, you know, her decisions. And it's just a it's. It's really a great book to let her know that God has a plan and purpose for every baby. And um, and that has launched. I work and I volunteer in some pregnancy centers, local pregnancy centers as well. So that's my first book, The Baby Garden. And my second book um, is the name of it is I Know the Plans. And this sweet book um, comes from when I first was holding my grandchild for the very first time, you know, mom's unloading the hospital bag and being a teacher, you got to read a book every day. Right. You know, kids like read a book, read a book. So I was there having a moment with my first grandchild and I'm thinking, wow, I need to, I need to write, what book am I going to read to her? You know, do I read Hop on Pop? Do I go to the Dr. Seuss or do I read Goodnight Moon? You know, I'm having a moment. 
And then it occurred to me that if I could write a book with all the scriptures that I prayed over my own babies, just really powerful ones, like I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not harm you, plans to give you hope in the future. And I'm like, I need to write a book with all of that in it. So then I wrote, I know the plans. And on every page, there's a powerful scripture that I prayed and became memory verse because I would pray it over my children and they would learn it and I would learn it. And then um, God gave me the text in a rhyme because from being a teacher, you know how kids love rhyme and they love, you know, finishing every, you know, line with a rhyme. Um, And then the illustrations, we can talk about that later too, but Beth Snyder is an amazing illustrator. And then we, we really thought about what kids love and kids love animals. And so, and then especially when we are coming to the illustration part, you know, the whole habitats of animals. And then in the book, now we have six out of the seven continents. So um, yeah, the cadence is really, really sweet. And, and it just kind of evolved. And this book is my, it's just a beautiful, it's, it's my passion because it's, it's, I wrote it a couple of years ago. And for those reasons. Well, that sounds good. So let me dive into the baby garden first because okay. that there I'm a little interested in a couple things because I have a year I'm thinking by the time this is being recorded she might be a year and a half okay. I'd say even even my son for the first couple of years when everyone was using months I'm sitting there going he's almost a year he's almost a year and a half like right now I'm still saying he's almost five years old right Actually, this Sunday he turns five, so Mm -hmm. I guess we could say he's five. But the whole thing for me is that he's, um, when my daughter was born, he luckily was a very loving, caring little brother or big brother and all this. But like you said, there was really not a book that stood out to us. Now, what is it about your book, Baby Garden, that if I read it to my son at the time, he would have, let's just use round numbers and say he was four years old at four years old. Would that book be helpful for me to read my, to my son and what would it actually help him understand? Absolutely. Eric, it would really be helpful because I wrote from the point of view, how I was telling my then two year old when I was big and pregnant for my second daughter. And it talks about that they're all up in heaven and God introduces to them their guardian angels from Psalm 9111, that he has an angel with them. Um, it also talks about the baby that before they come, they are taught their, their talents and they have a guardian angel and they're, they're kind of getting ready to come to earth. And then it talks about how God sends them to their mommy's belly. And there's a beautiful illustrated picture in there. It's very, very obviously kid friendly, a sweet okay. little picture a little baby growing um and then and then at the end as, as it progresses and it's a little girl who's the main character and she's talking about i wonder if i've met my baby brother or baby sister in the baby garden and then the baby comes and then it talks about you know one day i'll be back in heaven and it talks about you know focusing on the bible and living your life for jesus and one day you'll be back there but right now you want to live a long life on here on earth and you know on earth with Psalm 91 again. So it's a beautiful book to make them understand, to help them understand that a baby is coming to them from heaven, um, from God to their family. And they're going to come with already set gifts and talents that God has given them before they were even born. 
So it's a oh. really sweet book for siblings. It's it's a great way to explain it. And it's funny, it, when I first wrote that in 1994, I did it snail mail. And that was before we even had a computer. And we would have the, you know, self-addressed stamped envelopes and we would get our letters back. So I mailed it to over 75 publishers. Oh, you know, I went, I went big, you know, the big, <laughs> the big Zondervan got really nice notes back. And the interesting part of that is over the years, and I've always loved to write that in that particular book never left me for that desire and the passion to try again with it. And then in 2018, I, I showed my daughters it on a manuscript, like on paper, it wasn't even on my computer. And I said, I wrote this and I, I really want to try to get it published again. Um, and then they looked at it they're like, mom, there's nothing like this. This is amazing. And they had never seen my writing. And, you know, they had never seen that particular manuscript. And when they saw it, like, you need to try again. And then in one week, it got picked up by Ambassador International. And I remember that moment for what was it 26 years that growth mindset so the point is when God gives you a, a passion or he really is speaking to you to do something it may take 26 years but have that growth mindset don't just take no from those old rejection letters in 1994 and bring it back out again and give it a try because when he wants something done it doesn't leave you so be faithful to his call and do it. And now that book got me into my second book and this ministry. And people are like, do you miss teaching? And, you know, I miss the kids. I miss all the good components of it. I right. miss it. I do. I don't. But I don't miss it because God has pulled me into something else. I have fond memories and I left loving teaching. And that's the secret. You want to leave when you, you know, you love something. But when God calls you, make that leap. Well, and if you're doing a ministry, you also are still teaching in a way. So exactly, you're just teaching in a different setting. Right. 100%. So you just you still love what you do, and that's a very important thing. And so, what I guess what connection, if any, is there between your first and second book? Is there any connection, or are they mm -hmm. just separate in themselves? That's a great question, Eric. And they really are together. I did not know that I'm kind of doing, I have a, a like a theme going here. The <laughs> first book is about babies. Right. And um, where they come from, Jeremiah 1-5, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And my second book is kind of like when the baby is born. And my the, my book, I Know the Plans, has been huge for a couple of two things. It's been huge for baby showers. You know, bring a book instead of a card. You know, they all right. they go to baby showers because this book is so great because it, it has the rhymes. It has scriptures and moms. I've, I've gone to a couple mom meetings and mom workshops and they're just like, I need to get the scripture to read for my baby because these are the things that these scriptures are lasting. We all know, you know, Margaret Weiss Brown, good night moon is fantastic. You know, good night, right. home, good night, brush, good night, nobody, good night, much. But let's learn, surely goodness and love will follow you all the days of your life and you will dwell in the house of the Lord forever, which is Psalm 23. So that has been really, so this is like the next progression from the baby garden, the baby's coming. And this mm -hmm. is, I know the plans, and this is God speaking. It's almost like God speaking to the child about his plans for you. And it starts, welcome to this world, sweet child of mine. I have many plans for you to shine. Each day you'll learn and grow with me so you may live more joyfully. 
and then train up a child in the way they should go. And when they're old, they will not depart from it. That's just the first page, but that's a little snippet. (laughs) So with that being said, then what is the age group that that book goes towards? Is it like still infant toddler or is it toddler kindergartners or does it go beyond what, what group of children would that book go to? I love that question. And in fact, it is going from infant babies. My little new adopted grandnephew is in the NICU and they're reading, I know the plans to him. And Mm -hmm. she's having all the doctors and nurses write him little messages in it. And then, so it goes from baby all the way up. I've been doing author visits in Christian preschools up to third grade. And I've been doing the whole span, the the preschool, that's really like when you said about how I'm teaching differently, I am going now into preschools and to first grade, second grade, and then I would pull it in, but I have all the book characters because we have lions from Africa and coyotes and kangaroos. Um, I have all those animals, they're plushies, you know, the stuffed animals and the kids all hold. So then we go in and we talk about settings with the habitats and we talk about the characters which are the animals and um, so it really is going into and obviously Christian schools because it is faith-based so um, you know so they're really I've been really busy I have a couple author visits you know a couple every couple every week I have about two or three and that's been a blessing and people just sign up on my website but that's been really fun so I can put my teaching hat (laughs) back on again and come in and have some fun with the kids. Well, that sounds good. Now, it sounds like it's almost similar to a the setup, at least, to a book that I have for my son, where it's like a five-minute bedtime stories that I read to him. Yeah. And that has a bunch of animal characters, and each story is, or each section is its own animal characters and stories mm-hmm. and things like that. Is that, am I understanding it right, that that's what yours is, or does it flow from page one, two, all the way to the end as a consistent story. It is the first page is welcome to this world. And on the first page, we have a little stork dropping the baby to the world. And the second page is kangaroos. And it says, trust me to lead you if I may, this will lead you to sunny days. And then those are kangaroos. So we have the habitat of Australia. And then for instance, the third page is foxes. And that talks about your mommy and daddy I picked for you, listen to them for their wisdom is true. And then it it goes on to two more lines. And then after that, we have Africa, we have the lion's habitat. And that the lion's is your family gives you so much love, which makes me smile from up above. And then it has two more lines as well. Um, So it takes you, it's each page, but it talks you through your parents, your family, your talents, your life, all the places you'll go. So it does take the child on a little quick journey, but it's short enough that you're not going to lose your kid's attention span. And just last night, I received um, a a picture of my granddaughter with my daughter reading the book as her nighttime story. And she is almost four. You know how we round up. Um, almost four and she was reading it herself and this book just came out on February 7th and she was my daughter started your mommy and daddy you know I you know she finished the text so it was really cute to see that it's catchy and that's what you need for kids they need to kind of be engaged and drawn in if it's too much text they're going to drift off oh yeah trust me I I read my kid like I said a good night book so even in the middle of even before bed, I'll sit there and go, okay, finish this page here. 
And usually I'll choose the pages that are small text for him. Right, right. But yeah, it, it makes sense. You don't want to have, and I've seen some kids book like I bought a five-minute book and it was just nothing, no pictures, just all words. And I'm sitting there going, I'm not going to be able to read this to them. And, but yeah, that's kind of an interesting fact there. So mm -hmm. with that, what you said that you were holding your grandchild and that's what drove you. But what actually was the spark that made you go, these are what I need to do? Because since saying I need to write a story, something so I could read to my grandchild, to my kid, whatever the circumstance is, I, I've heard several different people talk about how they just wrote a complete story. Like I have an outline for a kid's series all about cats and okay. it's different adventures, different things, but they're all with themes and lessons and all this. Right. I just have to get around it getting the other three books that I have in my queue to write so I can get to those. Right. The, the whole yeah. thing is, is there's a, several different ways of going to write a story, mm -hmm. especially for kids. You can write so many different ways. What made you decide to go that route that you did? Great question. Again, um, well, what I did is I wrote down all my favorite scriptures. I just kind of had a you know piece of paper. And if I were to write a book, which are the ones I would want to keep? for future generations. So whenever I'm writing a book right now, I'm I'm obviously writing it for my grandkids. And I want these books to last way longer than me. I plan to live a long life here on earth. But when right. when I, you know, go away, I want my books to stay. And so many of the things I write, these are the things I really believe as a mom and now grandma that I want to be lasting for my grandkids. So and for all children. So I first wrote down all my favorite scriptures that I just would just kind of just come off my tongue. Um, and then I wrote, okay, now what would I want to say? And that's where the welcome to this world came from. And then I want to, I almost want to tell the child what, you know, like, so it, the, the book is actually written from like God's point of view to the child, like your mommy and daddy, I've picked for you. Listen to them for their wisdom is true. Always respect them and what they say. And this will lead you to sunny days. So, so I, but I didn't first write it in rhyme. So first I just kind of, and as authors, you have to kind of, the hardest part of writing a book is sitting down and writing. <laughs> as right. you know, it's just, you just have to make time. So I sat down and I just started, just didn't worry about editing or rhyming. And I just started writing, okay, your parents, um, your family. Um, and then I would write your hobbies. You know, I went all over there on that rough draft, you know, okay. and, that, and that was not in rhyme. So I had it all written kind of nicely packaged. And then I looked at it and, and you know, with reading to your son, kids love the rhyme. They love oh, that. Yeah. And then, so I put it together and I'm like, Lord, and before I do any of this, let me just preface. I stop and I'm thinking, Lord, how do you want me to write this book? And right. then he, like, it was a download, do it in rhyme. I'm like, whoa. And then I'm, then you get the author hesitancies. Like, well, I'm not a good poet. You know, I'm not blah, blah, blah. You know, you get that. Well, I've never written a book like this. I've liked to write poems, but, and then he just, it was a download. Like I just started going and it was, thank you, Jesus, <laughs> you know, and the rhymes really came back. And then with the editing with um, my ambassador international editor, we were kind of going, I, there's a, a, you know, kind of going back and forth just with simple words like contractions when you, when you will use you will and you will. 
because Yule is only one syllable and you will is two. So right. then you have to, my husband and I are sitting, you know, and I was reading it, I would be counting out the syllables on my finger <laughs> and each page has four lines and you have to make the first two rhyme. I mean, first two match and the second two match to get the cadence. So I'm talking like you know, almost <laughs> doing like a sign language with my fingers to make sure that the syllables right. are right. So yeah, that's how it evolved. All right. Now, you did talk about your illustrator earlier in the show. And, you know, that's, like I said, I've started outlining and planning for my own kids' book. Mm -hmm. And one of the biggest pain in the necks is finding an illustrator that, one, you feel would be good enough to do the work and you feel comfortable with. Right. But usually most illustrators that I saw likes to stick to one character or one type of character to follow through but with yours it sounds like you have like you said multiple different animals different characters in that sense what was it that what was the process or what was the thought process to do that to where your illustrator felt comfortable enough to get your idea on paper Yes. Well, what we did is Ambassador International, my publisher, is really good about they will find you your illustrator. And that's a big kind of a relief for for people like I'm an author. I can't draw. I mean, I attempt to draw. Right. Laugh at, you know, my my silly bunnies. Bunnies are easy for some reason. But um, yeah, so they are very they will find you an illustrator, which is great. But they also will look into like if you bring them an illustrator, the publisher will also talk to them and kind of see if it's a fit because they pretty much have the say, the final say if you want if they'll go with them or not. So when I was um, I knew that they were open to some ideas. So my first illustrator, Winda, she is um, and she's a wonderful lady and she is from Indonesia and she did a great job with the baby garden. I was very pleased with her. Um, but this one, I knew I wanted something a little bit different. And so I had a parent who was my student's parent, my student's mom and mom when I was teaching. And she was just a great artist. I loved all her stuff. And she would make right. me things. I knew she did some books. So I talked with her. We had breakfast one morning and I showed her my manuscript. And she's like, this is amazing. She goes, I don't have time right now, but I can see animals in this book. And when she said that, I was kind of thinking animals too, because animals are so great. Like we talked about, kids love animals. Mm -hmm. it, and, and this book goes through the end. We go to South America. We go to Australia. We go to Africa. We go to Asia. We go to all the continents except Antarctica. And so it's very <laughs> it's very inclusive. And right. kids can always relate to animals. And I love that idea, too. And But she said she didn't have time. But she said, check into Beth Snyder. And Beth Snyder lives in Easton, Kansas, in the Kansas City area. And um, I just thought that was her best friend. So I reached out to Beth on Instagram and um, we started talking and then we started talking on the phone. And she also said, I would love to get into animals because if you look at her website, she's pretty much people. She's like, mm -hmm. she's really, she draws a lot of people and a lot of little girls. And she had never drawn animals in a, in as an illustration, as an illustrator for a book. And she's like, I would love to do animals. I would love it. She was just elated to take her illustrations to the animal level. Um, she was very excited. And so then we started talking about the continents. And actually, when I go into my author visits, we do the continent song and I have a map. And we're, so we're, we bring in the education part of it, too. But um, 
and we started talking about the habitat. And we had one shared habitat. Her husband's a big duck hunter, and he has a big YouTube channel, very big into conservation. And so is my son-in-law as well. And so it's fun. We have a little duck habit, a mallard habitat. Um, that's kind of the tie-in for author illustrator with her family and mine. So we have some cute little, you know, tie-ins like that. But yeah, um, so she she just ran with it and she loved it. And her illustrations, I mean, I had one little suggestion on the panda's eyes. And she's like, oh, yeah, done. I mean, she didn't even need to tweak it. It was beautiful. <laughs> the, the illustrations are captivating. Really good. Well, that sounds like you got very lucky and got a good illustrator there. So, I mean, things like that do tend to make the books more interesting when you're reading to the kid that they want to look at the pictures as well, because right. it does help keep their attention. Yeah. Like I said, and like we've stated, I go through books all the time reading to my kid, and if it's a book that doesn't have good imagery, good things like that, the kids are just going to be like, okay, well, I'll crawl into bed. Right. So, <laughs> Correct. So, yes. I mean, yeah, that, that sounds really good. I mean, and then do you have a, another book planned out? Do you have, what else do you have coming? Because it sounds like to me from what I'm gathering from you is this is kind of just the start. You seem to have a plan to keep going. Now I could be mistaken, but is that what I'm understanding properly? A hundred percent, Eric. Yes, it really is. Um, actually, yes, I, the theme, and I already have two manuscripts that I've kind of written, and I'm kind of playing with those, but I think I'm going to be doing something brand new. But it is going to go with the whole theme, like you said, the baby gardens, babies. Mm -hmm. And then this one's, I know the plans, like for your young, you know, baby growing up, start speaking that word preschool, elementary. And I do have another, I have a couple ideas. So I have written two. But I think I'm going to not use those and I'm going with my third idea. So right now I'm in that stage that we mentioned, you know, the writing down, just the just the typing down and just finding the time to sit and write. And I have a couple big chunks of stories already going. And I, as an author and, and for you, too, when you're writing, just get it down and then come back. I would tell my students, this too, my fourth graders, don't worry about crossing out. We don't worry about editing because once you get on that road, you're like, oh, that sentence is terrible. No, just keep piling on. Just keep writing. Let it cool and then come back to it and look. And then God may give you fresh eyes to do something different. And then eventually one of the little stories will kind of bubble to the top. It's like that one. So I'm still looking for that that one moment. You know, that's the one I'm going to take the next level. But I, I, like I said, two are kind of done. Not sure about those if I'm going to run with those. But the ones I'm percolating right now mm -hmm. are going to be coming up to my third. And, yes, I do plan to keep going. Thank you. Well, that, that sounds good. Now, you also talked in your profile you've given me in the little bit of information we've discussed. You also have a blog. I think it's four different blogs. Did I understand that right? Yeah. Where it's focused on different topics. Do you mind discussing that a little bit? Because most people that I found that gets into children's books do like to know the authors and learn more about what they have going on. So right. what are your blogs covering? Excellent. Yes. Well, my blog, my blog, my website name is quite easy. It's www.jenniferbosma.com. And on that has all, I have a, the tiles on the top, author visit about my books, 
there's places on that to order from myself. You can order from me, which I can inscribe and write to a, if there's a baby coming. Um, that's my little feature that Amazon can't do or Barnes and Noble. I can just write a personal because I do have a small su a supply of books at my home. So I can personalize a book if there's someone that they would prefer that. Um, so I can mail them up from that way. So I, of course, have the store part. But however, what's really started with all that is I do have three blogs for women. One of them is One Minute Mama. And One Minute Mama is one minute to read. And it's kind of um, the mentoring that I have for young women. Um, I have three daughters myself. And my oldest is a mom of two. I have two granddaughters. So I'm always kind of like, as a, as a grandma mom, I'm always mentoring to her and her friends and just giving the things I've learned from, from a mom perspective. So this is really uplifting for moms, like, you know, um, some topics, you know, about just about your children. And, and like, I just wrote one a couple weeks ago about when you see the time on your clock, like if you see the time on your clock and it symbolizes a birthday, then, you know, when I see 917, that's my oldest daughter's birthday. So I can, you know, I'd like, I'd say a prayer for her. If I see my anniversary date, I pray for my husband and I. So it's really kind of fun whenever I see a date that's a time, that's like my trigger to pray for them. So that was one of my one minute mama things. Hey, let, you know, let's, you want to beef up your prayer life? We all want to pray more. You can do a really quick little prayer just by seeing that person, the time on your phone can trigger into an important event for you. Pray for that person involved. That was an example of my one minute mama. And then I have my front parking spot blog and front parking spot are my really big takeaways. Those are my, my big spiritual moments that I have, um, you know, I'm going to be writing one very shortly about the words that you speak, the words from your mouth. And it's kind of like what I've learned as a, um, a Christian woman through my years and some big um, kind of like biblical takeaways that I have implemented in my life. And so my front parking spot is, um, for instance, the name um, when my children were little, I was taking I had all three of them, you know, pushing to an amusement park. And instead of taking, uh, they were funneling everyone's back spots. And with three kids, that's a lot to get to the gate. Right. And, and they, you could go wherever. I'm like, well, I'm going to go check out and see if there's any available in the front. And sure enough, there were three open spots in the front. And that's where the front, my front parking spot mentality arrived. And that so many times we as people, we settle for the back row because everyone's going there. But what mm -hmm. does God have for you? And if you go to the front parking spot, eight times out of 10, you'll find a spot. So that's mm -hmm. become my kind of my motto in my life. And all my girls know we use that front parking spot when they were growing up for colleges. Any life decisions like what's the front parking spot? Are you settling by going to the back or do you want to look and go to the front just to see if anything's open there? So that's become my life kind of mantra for my life. And so the front parking spot has big spiritual takeaways um, in that blog. And the third one is um, Words for Wednesday. And I love photography. I love my daughter. Is She is the one who inspired that. She's the major photographer, photographer in the family. Um, but now I've kind of taken along. I take a pretty picture. And then I've been learning Photoshop, which is a whole, you know, you can't be afraid to learn new things when you're out there on this web world. Um, right. Then I take my other favorite scriptures because, you know, you can read the Bible every day and new scriptures will pop out on you that speak to you at the moment. And then I've learned to type up um, the scriptures and place them over the pictures in Photoshop. So those are my three. And that's active updated every week on Wednesdays. 
So that's kind of, um, and then, you know, I have my author visit sign ups there and pictures. And so it's a very involved website, um, www.jenniferbosma.com. So that's where that is. Well, that sounds perfect. And it sounds like that's a great place for people to reach out to you. So, I mean, I have, like I said, a profile of you on authorblurb.com where there are a lot of your information there, your social medias and your website. Mm -hmm. And anyone that wants to find this video again, of course, the video is going to be in your profile too. But with everything said, it sounds wonderful. It sounds like you have great books already out and more to come. I'm looking forward to it. I might personally just get the I have a plan for my kids. So that will be exciting to go through with them. So thank you, Jennifer, for being here. It's been very fun and very intriguing to talk with you. I've enjoyed it. I'm going to have you hold on for me for just a moment. And then we're going to keep talking. But this is going to be the end of the conversation for everybody else. Okay. Thank you very much, Eric. I appreciate the time. And and you can um, follow me also on Instagram at Front Parking Spot, hence the Front Parking Spot name um, on Instagram. And that has all my book updates as well. Thank you for having me. Thank you. You can go to authorblurb.com where there's plenty of stuff there for you to find. Enjoy another author. Enjoy finding that book that you love. So take the time. Do me a favor. Share. Subscribe. Enjoy the show and tell others. Thank you.